Welcome to I Will Watch Anything Once. I'm your host, Mark David Christensen. I've been an avid lover of film since I was a little kid, and somewhere between the time of me studying film at the University of Utah and routinely every Tuesday night going to the Movies 9 Cinema in Sugar House in Salt Lake City, Utah with my friends to watch any dollar movie, and that's when I discovered that I am willing to watch anything once, no matter what. That's led me down the path of actually seeing some pretty terrible films such as Surviving Christmas starring Ben Affleck, which I consider because I sat through that entire movie while my friends each got up and and left the movie, but I sat through the entire thing with a couple of other friends that I felt I was immune to all bad movies, and now I'm willing to see anything, any bad movie. Also, because I'm willing to see anything, I've seen a couple of disturbing movies. I've I've seen a movie called Begotten from the director of Shadow of the Vampire, his um, first film, a silent film with the very disturbing imagery and it opens up with a man bleeding to death from a neck wound with the character of mother earth literally masturbating this man off and rubbing it in her own vagina and other disturbing images also have seen a movie um from yugoslavia uh yugoslavia pretty weird movie called sweet movie scenes such as um, a colony of people having shitting on plates contest an entire um weird scene of i don't know if you could consider an orgy scene but where an this entire commune um, quickly ate and consumed large amounts of food only to throw them back up while other sexual acts were taking place throughout the uh, scene. As I said, my friends walked out on um, surviving Christmas, but I have only up to this point in my life at 31 ever walked out on two movies. One was American Psycho. At the time, uh, my friends were very religious, and halfway through that movie, my friends got up and left. I had no choice because I was not old enough to drive myself yet to the movie theaters. I had to get up and walk out with them, only to eventually just rent the movie and finally see it in completion. Um, the, The second movie, that I have ever walked out was Brown Bunny. Now, it wasn't just because there was a live uh, blowjob by the writer, director, and star of the movie, Vincent Gallo, but the fact that I had to sit through such a boring and mundane, almost pointless movie only to get there, me and my friend looked at each other and walked out of the movie. Maybe one day I'll go back and finish that one like American Psycho. Anyways, this podcast is devoted to my need and my want to see as much of cinema that I can. If you ask me what my favorite movie is, I'll give you a very pretentious answer that if you have a favorite movie you haven't seen enough movies very pretentious of me but sort of true for me at least because I haven't seen one movie that's and there's movies I love but I have not seen one movie that is the definitive movie for all movies every time I see a new movie there's something else that hasn't been done or something that's very disturbing or a movie that just does something so bad every movie is a different experience i haven't seen one movie that has fulfilled all the same experiences as the movies i've seen but prior to it which is an amazing thing so this podcast is devoted to bringing guests to me that have films that they love hate despise find funny um think that they're outrageous Um, absurd, disturbing. Whatever reason they think I should see these movies, I will sit down with them, watch these movies, and from that point, we jump off and discuss the experience of those films and what other thoughts that those films generate. And we can get to the first episode with one of my best friends, Jen Kruger. Okay, cool. Um, I'm here with Jen Kruger. Best friend. Yay. Uh, 
it, also um, a podcaster. How do what do we call each other now that you like? Think- it's a host podcast host. Yeah. Okay. Host of a podcast, yeah. She hosts the pre-pop culture podcast. If you do not listen to it, you should. It's, it's very, fun. It's great. I think it's great. Well, we just watched the movie The Disappearance of Alice Creed. Yep. Um, before we get into, like, my uh, response, I just want to ask, like, just to start off, like, why did you choose this movie? So, I really like this movie, and I think it's a movie that people here haven't heard about. It's a British movie. And um, anyone that knows me even a little bit knows I really like British stuff. Yes, you do. Um, but I actually was um, exposed to this through uh, a company that I was working with who did the um, release of it in the U.S. Uh-huh. So they did the video-on-demand release of it. This was never in theaters here. And um, I was working there when they were considering like how to kind of advertise it in the okay. United States. And... I remember um, they called me into, the head of the company called me into his office and he said, I want to show you something and I just, I'm going to just show it to you. I'm not going to say anything and then I'm going to ask you some questions. Like, okay. So he showed me the first five minutes of the movie and then asked me like, if you saw this much, would it make you want to see more? Like if you saw, now I'm going to show you a little bit more Mm -hmm. and how do you feel about it based on that? And so just from seeing the first few minutes of it, I was like, hey, can I like do you have can I take a copy home and watch it because it was so intriguing yeah. and I watched it and loved it and was so bummed out that they were only doing video on demand release here because I thought it was great um, but yeah. because of that because it was never in theaters here I find people haven't really seen it for sure so um, I always like to tell people about it and I thought you would like it because I know that you like kind of stuff that has that like build that thriller suspense build yeah. in it and um, I just think it's a good movie. I did enjoy it. Guess we'll just go right into good. it. Like I really did enjoy it. But okay, the first my first thing was like halfway through the movie, I was like, I don't like, I don't know if I like the title of this movie. Yeah, because I feel like it's long. Yeah, it's, it's a very like long, a weird. It's, it's a very long title already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the disappearance of Alice Creed, and the whole time I'm like, why isn't it just called like something simple? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which is weird that that's even going through my head while watching the movie. But but by the end. I was completely fucking satisfied that that was the name of the title. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And like, um, and I'm, spoiler alert, I, I'm going to, I'm going to give a shit. We're going to talk about the whole movie. I think with this movie, even though it is something that is sort of like the, there are a lot of surprises in it, you can't talk about it without talking yeah, about the can't. whole thing. Because... And that's, this whole thing's going to be spoilers. Yeah. But yeah, by the whole... end, it's definitely a, it's like, it's oh. such a satisfying ending. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, this is the weird thought that was going through my head after we, after we finished was like, I hate In a sense, I wish I wouldn't have known the title. That sounds so weird, but I wish I wouldn't have not yeah. known the title watching the movie mm-hmm. until how it revealed it. Cause it was placed at the end of the film. Yeah. The title. You never saw it. Pre- there was yeah, no opening credits. No. And I thought that worked so well for the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And it felt almost like a, it felt like a really good short story. You know what yeah. I mean? How and actually, the title of it, and maybe my brain is drawing a, a parallel that it shouldn't um, because of a weird actor connection, but it uh-huh. almost reminds me of like, it, it feels like an old fashioned title. So it makes me think of for like sure. a Sherlock Holmes short story. Like that would be the name of a Sherlock Holmes short I would story. I like that. And I, I think because of the fact that you don't have, like, the title doesn't not make sense until the end. Like, if you... For sure. So, I, I was sort of like, okay, I get it. But I, I definitely think you get to the end and you see that last scene and you're like, oh. Oh, you're like, she, 
she's choosing to disappear. Yeah. Stay disappeared. You know what I mean? And that was such a rewarding, like, oh, I get it. Mm -hmm. It made my brain, it made, like, the world that you didn't see in the movie blow up in my brain. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like, it made me go, oh, no one knows what happened to her now. And, like, all this, like, it's like, it's, it became like, it was awesome. For me, it was like, it felt like a, like an urban legend. Yeah. You got to see the, you got, like, we, we've all heard the urban legend, but I just got to see really what was behind an urban legend. Yeah, it's almost like this is the other side of what a movie or a crime show would normally show you. Yeah. Usually you would have what you have in the end there, that there are these two people who are dead, this person who is missing, mm-hmm. there's some money around with blood on it, and what happened. Yeah. Where, but we got to see the other side of it. Yes, exactly. Movie. It starts so intensely. There was up to so many points where I was just like, oh, what the fuck are we watching yeah i know like, I like, like, it gets real uncomfortable fast <laughs> and like I, I mean i've sat through a lot of weird shit so yeah. I'm, i mean i'm i'll sit through it regardless of where it takes me mm-hmm. but there's definitely moments where i was just like oh no well the thing like getting so uncomfortable i thought there was gonna be rape yeah, in it I totally and i was just like <laughs> getting totally so i mean it's completely understandable that you'd think that's gonna possibly happen yeah i have um so the first time i watched this i watched it by myself and then I have since watched it with friends. And mm-hmm. I always, like, recommend it to people. And then if I'm watching it with someone, I because I know what the whole movie is, I kind of forget how intense it starts and how much it looks like they're going to just rape this girl and it's going to be, like, hostile or something. Yeah. So I always have that moment where I'm like, oh, I'm going to be uncomfortable sitting next to this person that I've told. Like, this is a great movie because they're going to be sitting there being like, she's a weirdo. Yeah. Like, she likes weird scary shit <laughs> until it gets past that yeah time. Really it's gets... Not but it's always so it's I was like oh god I forgot to warn him it's like really intense in the beginning no but, but I don't want that right like I like I don't want to be warned that's mm-hmm. like the, like it comes kind of respect like in a sense I wish I would not have known the title yeah because I don't want to be like I feel like that's again that, I mean we could go on like a tangent about how like that's the problem with trailers today yeah is that I get to, like, even the smallest stuff, I'm like, why do we need to know? Mm-hmm. I wish we, I wish, in a sense, we could be, like, just, like, take a breather as a society. Yeah. And I have to be sold so much to go see movies. Oh, or I read books or anything. Because I'm just like, fuck, like, I wish some of these things, I just didn't know what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. And just be able to judge it with a blank slate. Well, when they asked me what I thought about this in terms of the reason they were asking me is because they were trying to decide how much of it they would release as, like, essentially the free clip that you can look at before you actually download it. So what they had decided to do is that they would just show the first X minutes of the movie instead of, like, some kind of a trailer for it because of the nature of the movie. And so what they originally showed me when they sent me down was up until that part where they're in the van and he says to him like you ready and he goes yeah and they get out of the van and then the door shuts and it cuts to black and i was like okay yes i'm totally interested i want to see what why they did all of that prep like why they did that to that room i obviously have an idea based on the title and the nature of what they're doing but like i don't know what's coming and so i was like okay cool i got it and then they showed me the next up until they cut her her clothes off and they said should we show to that point? And I was like, no, <laughs> you you want to cut yeah, the clip off when it cuts yeah. to black because it seems like at that point you yeah. you yeah you're right you would automatically turn so many people away yeah you'd be like nope not on board yeah I don't want to see the rest of that like yeah. regardless if you try to convince me nothing's gonna happen yeah you know what I mean? exactly. 
the people who distributed this in the U.S. are like the people who made the Saw movies and who made, you know, some, a lot of oh. really intense stuff. So I was like, when they said, you know, come in, sit with the, you know, the head of the company, watch this clip. I was like, oh, God, it's going to be something really horrible. And yeah. um, so I was really... I didn't know what to expect and I think they asked me because they knew that I'm like I don't like horror movies I don't like things that are scary and I like I'm the same way I don't like horror I don't like horror but I like this intensity should we should we say what the movie's about we haven't said anything about oh god probably (laughs) Uh, shit um Um, well I don't even know what how I'm just gonna read can we just read the IMBD like descriptor yeah sure (laughs) let's just read that the disappearance of Alice Creed it just says a rich man's daughter is held captive in an abandoned apartment by two former convicts who abducted her mm-hmm. and her ransom in exchange for her father's money. Yeah. Pretty straightforward, but yeah. so much more. It's so much more than that. And the thing that's so great about it to me is that you... you These are the only three characters in the movie. There's so many movies where I feel like too much. Yeah. Especially with character-wise. Because mm-hmm. we feel like we have to fill it full of fucking so much other angles other than just your lead character. Or like, your leads. Yeah, you have these three people. They there's very little that happens outside of that apartment, yeah. um, which I love. Like, I, oh, I, if we would have went outside of that apartment, pretty sure it wouldn't. It would have one. I think the tone would have completely shifted. Yeah, and I would not have enjoyed it as much. Yeah, definitely. Like, and I think that they do a great job of like it. You're in that apartment for so long that when it's getting into the third act and they do leave, it's like a big deal that they're leaving and you know like some fucked up shit is gonna happen yeah 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 because yeah. leaving that space is like you've left behind everything that could have maybe been safe everything was super intense yeah and like when he goes in you think she, he's touching her all weird when he's going to touch her all weird that's where I was just like oh no yeah this guy's gonna crack and be a fucking weirdo psychopath mm. or whatever like like my whole brain thought pro- process was like the really mean dude's gonna be fine. He just goes by the rules and he's really mean. Yeah. This guy is quiet and he's the most disturbed. Well, and you also when so when that guy Danny comes in and he's like running his hand over her but not quite touching her. Yeah. That's where you get that POV shot from inside the yeah. bag that's over her head, which I think is what really made it scary for me because I that kind of thing of like where he's not quite touching her but he's thinking about it creeped me out for sure, but. That feel like it it's claustrophobic. Felt, yeah, it felt suffocating and like really scary. And I felt like I can imagine what that would be oh. like, and I don't like it. No, not <laughs> at all. Super scary to be stuck with a gag in your mouth with a pillowcase over your head. Yeah, they had thought this kidnapping out so well. That's another thing I like about it is like they are ready. They have thought of everything. Things still go wrong. But, like, they've approached it in such a logical way. Like, you don't... For sure. When you're watching them set everything up, you're not thinking immediately, like, oh, well, I see a hole here, and I see how this is going to yeah. be a problem, I see how that's going to be a problem, well, which is it, great. Which, I, yeah, I, also, I, I like that because it's not over-explained to the point where I get to see the holes. Do you know what I mean? Like, I see a lot of movies, like... Um, I'm just going to reference two movies because I think they they're... There are two movies that stand out to me where, like, the plan is so elaborate that I don't believe it, mm-hmm. which was The Illusionist, Illusionist yeah. and uh, Hard Candy. Oh, I like Hard Candy. I'm finding fine people, it. I, I can't buy it. I can't. So when it gets to the point, it's just how, it, like, how, I don't know. You can <laughs> debate it. I don't care. It doesn't matter. But I just mm. don't believe that she could have planned it so well to change his, like, 
his ex- like to be like if I do this and this and this, his mm-hmm. mind will change. Yeah. Like I would believe it if it's like if that felt like a spontaneous thing that occurred within her revenge. Mm-hmm. But because I, but I because don't think it, she was really changing his. <laughs> I don't know. If she. I think she just wanted revenge. I think that whole thing was I'm gonna get revenge and I'm gonna fuck with this guy. And the fact that he changed as a result. I don't think she anticipated. I think she thought that she was going to push him. But she went to... there's like a rope that she ties a noose and everything. It's like. Yeah, but I don't think that that's a matter of like changing. She thought she was going to change his mind. I think she thought she was going to push him to the point, uh, to a breaking point. I just don't like, I just don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to talk about that any further. It'll just keep going on and on in circles. But um, I don't know. I just like, it just mm-hmm. seemed too far fetched. I will, I will grant you that that is a very elaborate plan in Hard Candy. Yeah. Or it requires like just, things to happen in a very particular way. Almost know how he was going to respond. Exactly. And that's where I'm like... Whereas this is like... And even if they... Like, even if, like... I don't know. Just... I don't know, I mean, I'm just saying it's the movie. Like, if it would have just simplified it and made it seem like... Yeah. That even though... Uh, that Give me the feeling that she's still having to think on her toes. Yeah. Then I would have been, like, more on board. As mm-hmm. opposed to, like, I had this whole thing fucking planned right. out. And know exactly. Then I would have been more on board. Yeah. Same with Illusionist, where I was just like, you changed this fucking... Like, yeah. the I was like, whoa, like, mm-hmm. how did you know that this guy that you wanted to get back on, you know, for the, and get the mm-hmm. girl, would react exactly these ways? Yeah. Like, that's where I'm like, no, I just don't buy it. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, I felt like everybody was on their toes. Yeah, for sure. I loved that experience because I was just mm-hmm. like, I have fucking no clue. Even when you get revealed things, I was like, now I don't know what these they're going to do. I love your reaction when you realize that Danny and Alice know each other. I, <laughs> what did you, I do? You were like, what? <laughs> like, out loud. And you, like, shipped I in on the couch. I definitely do that. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Because that's the great thing, too, about this is, like, the continual reveals of what these relationships really and are. And I love it. It's all these relationships and how yeah. they complicate this, which is, which is what I think is great about this movie is that um, it's such a, like they've planned it out so well. Mm-hmm. But then again, you can't plan for what your relationship and yeah. what that will cause. Mm-hmm. Those are the thing I love. is like, that's the thing you can't, you can never, uh, like I love the theme. I don't know if this is what they were going for, but I love this idea that us as humans feel like we want we want control so fucking bad yeah. you know what I mean mm-hmm. like that we, we'll, we'll plan things out we'll try our hardest to plan everything out yeah. but then in the end it's like you, sorry you can't. you can't plan for everything and you can't control anything yeah <laughs> like, and so I think this was a great yeah a weird thriller expert, uh, exploration of that idea for sure and I think the thing that's great about that too is like that it really what it hits is the reason that you can't control things is because you just cannot control another person yeah like you can do everything right Vic has done everything right he's picked the person in the world that he clearly trusts the most to do this with him mm-hmm. he's set everything up in a way that seems like it's perfect they have this girl that seems like the perfect target to kidnap and get to mm-hmm. be able to, you know, get this $2 million. And it still doesn't matter. Yeah. It still goes wrong because he has no idea that Danny knows this girl. And he yeah. doesn't know that they start having their own deal. And things falling apart are just so outside of his control that by the time he realizes something has gone wrong. It's too late. It's too late. And then it becomes a game of like, is it revenge? Or like, you, you have to keep asking yourself... Over and over and over again. 
who feels who really loves who yes and anybody really loves i'll be honest i like okay well let's let's talk about that not only was i surprised like the biggest reveal was that um danny and alice knew each other and they had mm-hmm. a relationship but then the later one was the yeah. flip that 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 uh, Vic and Danny are lovers. Yeah. And you're just like, whoa! Yeah. Like, like and you don't think that, I mean, you think that's going to be the twist, is that Alice and Danny know each other. And so by the time they tell you that Danny and Vic are lovers, you're like, what? Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a what moment, but it's not even like, like, like what I liked about it, I don't know, like, it didn't feel like a twist. No. In a sense of like, we, we tricked you. Mm-hmm. More of like a really good, rev- like subtle reveal than mm-hmm. it, that meant bigger things. And that's what I, I so I was sold on it really easily. Like I think yeah. other people would just use it as a twist or and whatever. Can, like, oh, crazy! Like I can say, having seen this movie, I would say at least four or five times now. Yeah. Um, I definitely feel that if you were watching it from the beginning and you know that they're lovers, there's a lot of... You can see it. I would agree with that. It's really subtle, but it's Like even looking back. Yeah, the way that they look at one another, the way that Vic will touch Danny Mm -hmm. is very much telling you without telling you that the relationship between them is deeper than just two people. But then there's that part of Vic, too, that's trying to just be so by the numbers with this this job that he has to hold that side back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when we get to finally reveal it, it's him kind of, le- it's him being vulnerable. Yeah. For the, really the first true time. Yeah. That moment where they kiss for the first yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, him insane. just, even before he kisses, like him just saying what he's saying, you're like, yeah. whoa, this is a side we haven't seen of Vic yet. Oh, you've been keeping that stored away because you're just like, gotta do this job. Yeah. Gotta finish it. Then we'll get rewarded and be able to disappear. Yeah. Like, like Vic to me is the only one that I like, other than Alice. Okay. I believe those two. Let's, yeah. I want to talk about that. I never believed Danny. And I, like, <laughs> I never believed him. Mm-hmm. Like, and I mean that in a good way. Like, I'm not yeah. saying like on his acting. I don't look, I'm not looking at the actor who ever played him going, oh, I don't believe him. I'm yeah. saying I didn't believe, I think the character out of all three of them <laughs> is the one I didn't trust at all. Yeah. Like, I trusted Vic. I trust, like, I would trust Vic. Mm-hmm. I trust he, like, he, he, everything he said was what he believed. You yeah. know what I mean? A hundred percent. Even from that moment where he, toward the very beginning, where he says to Alice, we don't want to have to hurt you and we don't want to have to kill yes. you, but we are prepared to do either or both. Yeah. I completely believe him. And I think you're right. Like, Danny, from the very beginning, He's trying so hard to make both of them believe him exactly. that you don't believe him at yeah, all. Yeah, you don't. But they do they because do. they both love him. Because they both love him, but I don't think he ever loved them no, personally. I don't think so. The way he, the fact that he said, "I love you, baby," they, the same to both of them. Yeah. I was just like you were, you're just, a, you just, you're just manipulating. It's so, and I love that he. By the time he says it a second time. To Vic, mm-hmm. it has lost everything. It is so empty. Like yeah. he, the first time he says it, he says it to Vic, and it feels like there's a lot in it. And you can go, oh, he's really selling Vic on this. Yeah, like or, or Vic is accepting it more yeah. at that time. And too. then you hear it to Alice, and it's lost a little bit, and you're like, this guy, he just he knows how to sell this line. Oh, but yeah. that third time, you're like, you're, he's, you can't. It's gone. It's gone. Vic's not gonna. He's yeah. like, no. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and I lo- oh yeah, and like, like even Alice, I'm just like even when she's making a deal. Yeah. With them, I was completely believable. I liked the whole dynamic of all three. Yeah, I actually feel really bad for Vic, and I actually oh, would Vic's- argue he's a good person in a weird way for someone who kidnapped a girl. Hundred <laughs> percent agree. Hundred percent agree. I think he's 
it's like it's that whole man like that idea that like it's a good person just happens to be in shitty circumstances. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whatever got him in that got him here yeah. previously. He was never he never intended to be this horrible person. Yeah. He never like I don't think he gets a like a, a kick out of having to do the bad thing. You know no. what I mean? I think it's a classic idea even though luckily they didn't do this. <laughs> but it's like they didn't cuz a lot of movies like this will or like thrillers or like uh, heist movies mm-hmm. where there's one last job they'll always right. mention it like just the one last job and I'm out. Mm-hmm. I feel like Vic was that character. Yeah. But it, you know what I mean they didn't wear on the nose or anything but he was like this is the last thing I want to do Yeah. and then I can go be with somebody I love mm-hmm. and not have to be a horrible person anymore. Yeah. And I love that we get a little bit of their backstory but we never really get a lot. We just know that Vic and Danny met in prison. Mm-hmm. We have a sense that Vic was in there longer than Danny was. Sure. That's really about it. You get mm-hmm. that story about him protecting Danny on the first night yeah. but again we only get this through Danny trying to like bullshit him. Yes. That's what was so I loved about that is like I the whole time I was like I just don't believe you. Yeah. But I was like it's because you're 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 not believable. You're both full of shit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel so bad for Vic in the end. The first time I was watching it, I was like, oh, this... I almost feel like this guy deserves to get away with the money. And when he picked up the money, I thought he might just go. And I felt sort of bad that Alice would die being stuck where she is. Yeah. Um, but the second he you see that van pull up to the barn, I was like, oh, no, you're a good person and you're going to go let her go. Oh, yeah. you're not going to get out alive, man. Just go. Oh, yeah, like, like you just need to get away. Yeah, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like he was probably just, I mean, I assume he was just going to knock her out and then leave her somewhere. Yeah, I think he was going to just knock her out. So, un- he, can, yeah. so he could move so her. So he could undo those things, maybe even leave her in that barn and just, yeah. but un, like unbound so yes. that when she came to, so she, she could get away. I agree. And maybe send those coordinates to her father because yeah. it seemed like that's how the drop was done. Yeah, because I don't think he had any intention of killing. Whereas Danny, I think, was willing to, you know, as we all found out I mean yeah. he was willing to be like well fuck both of you yeah <laughs> and especially this it kills me with Danny because he could have let Alice go and left her there like he yes. him leaving her for dead is just awful like it's just the the worst I think I, I agree he drops all manipulation yeah and like shows his true colors of like I don't give a shit about anybody yeah but me I told you I loved you, but I never meant it. Especially because he, I think, knows he's dying. Oh, for sure. Like that, for last time. That gunshot wound that he gets is, there's no way you're coming back from that without going to the hospital. And even then, even if he had gone, gotten medical attention, I don't yeah. think he could have lived through that kind of a wound. Oh, no. But, yeah. Have you already bled out that much? Exactly. Yeah, because I think the effort that he had to I mean, I'm surprised he even made it to the fucking Exactly. From warehouse. the woods to that. Yeah, I was like... The first time I watched it, I was like, oh, no. I was expecting Danny to be there, but still was surprised that yeah, he could. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's just the worst. He's just the worst person. <laughs> he really is. Like, I love that. You start off the movie thinking, Vic is just a mean criminal. Mm-hmm. You think um, Danny's very naive. That's what you come off of. Yeah. Like, at the top. Like, oh, you're just naive. You're, you're trying to do this, do this job. Yeah. You almost, it, the first time you were watching it, or the first time I was anyway, I remember kind of thinking, like... This is a guy, Vic is a guy who knows what he's doing, and he's sort of saddled with some dumbass. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even necessarily want this guy around, but for whatever really relationship they have, if they're brothers, if that's his son, if it's his nephew, whatever it is, like, he's just stuck with this dumbass for some reason. Mm-hmm. 
And then obviously the more it goes along, the more you learn other things, but it really does seem like he's super naive at the very start. Yeah, but all along, he, he, I feel like he's just, he's playing both, everybody. I'm glad you liked it. I was afraid you wouldn't like it. I would have to start <laughs> off your podcast in a bad way. I know, right? What if I was just like, this movie's just terrible. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, I know that you have the patience for stuff like this, too, because this these are great characters, and it's entirely about relationships, and so I figured... Oh, yeah. Like, if you didn't like it, it would be odd. <laughs> it would be odd. Be well, odd. yeah, well, I, I think it's like, it's sort of, it's very much like a, a good stage play. Beautiful, too, this movie. It's, yeah, it's really it's, shot yeah. very beautifully, I would agree. The room is shot almost through the whole beginning of the movie. It's shot vertically. Yeah. All the shots are vertical, usually like from her, f- meaning like from the door or mm-hmm. from the back, the, from the bedpost shooting mm-hmm. towards the door. Yeah. You do not get a side shot mm-hmm. until the moment that Vic gets the reveal that she had the phone and mm-hmm. everything starts to hit the fan. And they do that great wide from the side. Yeah. At that point, everything, it's such a, it's such a perfect choice because mm-hmm. now it's like the whole world just fucking opened up. Yeah. You're like along with Vic going, oh shit. Yeah, you have. This is not, this is not, this wasn't, you you saw it one way. You thought this is how I was going. And now there's this other angle that you didn't see Mm -hmm. at all. And you also have this, like, up until then, every time Vic is in that room, he's 100% dominating it. He's like this big presence in that room. And he is the main figure in the way everything is framed up if he is in that room. Yeah. And. When he finds that out, he realizes she has that phone, and you pull back. All of a sudden, he's this small figure in this room, mm-hmm. and he just looks so destroyed. Like, he looks empty. Oh, yeah. It's he just really sits great. down on the side of the bed. Yeah. It's like, his like, only choice is just like, I have no control now. Yeah. Like, I had, or you just like, this crazy real, like, I don't have it. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, I never did. Ugh. I love that something as small as a bullet casing causes, like, knots in your stomach when yes. you're watching, and you're just like, what is oh, he going to do I with it? I love that. And it really is so fantastic when he has to deal with it the second time around. I know. And then <laughs> he like, swallows it again. I know, so gross. I was just like, really? I it didn't do. work the first time, yeah. man. Like, but that's that guy. That's, that's 100% it, that character. He's, not go- he's, pl- he's playing both of these people in the same way. He's got one plan, and he's doing it to both of them, and not realizing that he needed to adjust a little bit more. Yeah, he couldn't adapt. Yeah. He really couldn't adapt. Where I feel like Vic... You could adapt. Mm-hmm. I mean, or did he plan for adaptation? Cause, yeah. Because he planned to have that hole. Yep. Regard, like, he literally planned. I feel like he planned ahead just in case he did get fucked over. Yeah. It's like he planned that much. Mm-hmm. But then he still, he didn't want to use it, which was like what was heartbreaking about Vic. Yeah. Because he didn't want to use that hole. Yeah. That he had buried clearly to drop Danny if he was going to get fucked over. Yeah, I love that there are moments where this Danny basically is being held at gunpoint by both of the, at some point uh-huh. in the movie, and neither one of them can quite shoot, bring themselves yeah. to do it, and when Vic finally does shoot him, I was just like, I was so on his side by that point. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that moment when you but, realize he got, he he had got him, but he doesn't know away. where he is. But what's like, great oh. about that is he doesn't shoot him, he has to shoot him in the back. Yeah. Neither of them could look him in the face. face. Yeah, well, that's why he's telling him to close his eyes. Yeah, he couldn't do it. I think Danny knows, like, if I close my eyes, it's over. And that's why he says no. For sure. It's such a... He has has a hold on them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the way it's shot, too, like, the close-ups of that actor's face are really intense. And they're Mm -hmm. really, 
Like, you feel a little bit hypnotized as a viewer by this guy. Like, even though you know he's full of shit, you want to keep watching. You, you, you do play along with it. Because mm-hmm. there's a little bit of like, oh, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Just like that. You want to see if he's going to pick one of them. Yeah. And sort of get, leave with someone. Fuck someone over for someone else instead of just fucking over both of them. So is Alice Creed a good person? I don't know. That's the thing is like I I, I like I, I don't know what I, I think that's a good question to ask because she yeah. does get to disappear. Yep. And what we have believed is like she starts a whole new life. Yeah. Being a millionaire, two yeah a hundred million dollars almost. Two I mean, million. But some of it blew out. Some of it blew, blew away. away. But two million, I think, is still still plenty. Jesus. I would argue that in terms of like. Best to worst of humanity within these three is Vic is probably the best person, For sure. and then Alice and then Danny. But I don't think it's hard to be better than Danny. But I do think um, the thing that's interesting about Alice, like in an abduction uh, or really any kind of crime movie, you're you're sort of predisposed. They all, you're predisposed to side with the victim and to think that they're completely yeah. helpless in this and they're blameless. The movie doesn't set it up that way in this particular case. They, I feel like they present Alice to you in clothes that are, like, make her seem like maybe she's a party girl or kind of wild in some mm-hmm. way. I mean, the way her makeup and hair is done, like, she doesn't exactly strike you as she was coming out of church when she was grabbed, yeah. let's say. So you're sort of set up to be like, okay, she's she's maybe not the world's most uh, do-gooding girl. Mm-hmm. And then you hear that her father has cut her off. And then I think the kind of person who would be involved with Danny, whether or not they know the full extent of how bad he is. But, I mean, she knows he yeah. was in prison. She, I think you, you have this sense that she's attracted to the bad boy nature mm-hmm. of him. So I think that she maybe is... I don't think she's a bad person, but I don't know if she's a good person. I don't think she's a good person, too, because in the circumstances, she was going to go along with it. Yeah. As opposed to just, I want to get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. She was willing to play along, and then she tried to take advantage and get out of there. Yeah, I think she is put in a, in a terrible situation. I think her willingness to play along really only comes out of fear, because Vic... When she says, like, okay, I'll play along, and she gives him back the For sure. Vic is at the door. Um, but I think the moment where you go, maybe she's not that smart, or maybe she isn't acting in the best way is, and you said something about it while we were watching, is that moment where she hangs up on the 911 operator because she thinks she can get the keys. Yeah. Um, and it's like, just leave the line open for the trace. Just leave yeah, it open why, while why, you like do that, that. You can that, do that. Or just shoot the fucking lock. Yeah. Like, I was just, like, I literally, that's what I said out loud. I was like, just yeah. don't be fucking, like, clever and go yeah. out and try to fucking own the situation. Mm-hmm. Just acknowledge that you fucking are in a shitty situation and fucking get out of there. Yeah. I even sort of don't mind her thought process of, like, I'll try to get the keys instead of shooting no, the lock. Because I think, like, okay, if you fuck up the door by shooting it, you don't know what you're yeah, doing. For and sure. then you can't get out at all. I could see that being a problem. But she goes in and it's like, why don't you grab his jumpsuit and pull it to the other side of the room so you're out? Because to me, I'm just like, don't trust this guy. Don't ever trust him. Don't ever be within arm's length of him where he can reach you. And obviously, that's the smarter way to to go. She's not smart. Or that's the thing. Maybe she just wants to be closer to Danny. Maybe that's their problem. Yeah, I don't think they... I think there's, like, that <laughs> adrenaline running through all of them, oh, so they're yeah. not thinking that well. But that shot when he's, like, got... He's pressing his and foot on her throat Oof. is crazy. That was the first moment where I was like, this guy is dangerous. Like, it's he's not just 
a shitty person, he is truly dangerous because all of a sudden you see him in the stance. It's almost like Marshall. Yeah. And it's scary that he can, this girl has a gun on him and he's still naked and chained to a bed, gets the upper hand on her. It's it's so. He intense. does that kick to her chest. Yeah, that's like he that made me like care. make a verbal like. Ugh. I try to imagine Gemma Arterton's response when her agent sent her this script, <laughs> because there's not that much dialogue yeah, in it. For her sure. character is basically chained to a bed with a ball gag in her mouth and a pillowcase on her head for probably two thirds of the movie. But at the same time, like she's amazing in it, and. I don't think you would watch this and be like, oh, a bad choice on her part to have done this movie. For sure. But I try and imagine, like, on the page, and I wonder what... Yeah, I feel like she must have met with the writer-director, and he talked her into it or something, because if it were me, I'd be like, no, I'm not... Why would I do this? Yeah, I hear you. Oh, well, she went on to make some big-budget movies. Jeez. Yeah, she's great. She's been in a lot of... A lot of stuff. She's pretty. She's very pretty. She's short. <laughs> Dave <laughs> likes short I know. girls. I do. God. I'm a short Gemma person. Short. Why well, just look? I just put her name in, and the first the first one's her name. And then the other one's her, her name plus fi- fingers. That's that's creepy. weird. Well, feet is next after that. Those are, fingers and Gemma Arterton fingers and Gemma Arterton feet both came up before Gemma Arterton IMDb. I find that Ye- a little disturbing. It's way disturbing. She's 5'7". So she's an inch taller than me. Oh, I'd still. I'd still hang out. I'd still hang <laughs> you out. still hang out with her? I'd still hang out with her. Yeah. Has this director done anything else? Um, I don't know, actually. Let's see. I should know. He yeah. hasn't done a movie since. Wow. Yeah, I don't think this did particularly well in England. I mean, it's a small movie. They didn't... It's a small movie. I think, I, I mean... Because I know everything's based on advertising, I can understand how this would be a hard it is, sell. Yeah. A really hard sell. But there's other movies that this reminded me of while watching. I haven't seen either of them. You haven't seen Shallow Grave? Mm-hmm. This is um, Stanley Boyle's first movie. Yeah, I know. It's one of those things that's like, I have been meaning to watch it for the longest time, but I just haven't. I'm sure I would love it. I've, I haven't, I've yet to watch something that Danny made that I didn't like. Yeah, I sound, I, I'm going to say I sound like an asshole calling him by his first name until I clarify that I got to work with him at Fox. So I oh, feel that's that I great. can. <laughs> that's fine with me. That's cool. I that's just don't cool. want your listeners to be like, oh, she thinks she can't call She's like, Danny. Danny. Oh my gosh. We've had phone conversations, guys. We've worked together. That's great. I think you definitely <laughs> should see this movie because it, yeah. it plays with the same. It's a thriller. Mm-hmm. It's a crime thriller. I mean, um, and it deals with that same thing where relationships, what are people willing to, uh, their greed or their desires get in mm-hmm. the way over relationships. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's so, I I, I think it's, it's one of the best thrillers in that in this genre that I've loved. Cool. I, I would definitely highly suggest it. Oh, and Christopher Eccleston's in it too, who I love. And Ewan McGregor. Yeah, Ewan McGregor. And, oh, I'll watch this movie with you just because okay. I, I love the ending of this. Like, literally, like, the last few minutes of this movie I'm a huge fan of. Okay. And then the other ones, this movie I don't think a lot of people know of called Best Laid Plans, uh, which is really... Yeah, I, I saw this movie um, because I worked at Blockbuster. I mean, not Blockbuster, Hollywood Video in Utah. Oh my god, I worked at Hollywood Video. Did you really? Yeah, yeah in that's college. That's my restaurant. It uh, is. <laughs> uh, and I would just get ra- because I had, you know, I would yeah, just, just, just take random up. shit yeah. home. And I took this one home. Because you think Reese Witherspoon is super cute. Not really. But <laughs> I just, I don't even know why I picked it up. I remember just picking it up just because at a random. And it is an- it's another one where they just, it's something like where we're going to try to manipulate somebody and like and do a certain thing. 
And I, I can't remember everything about it. I just know there's a, it's like this. There's just a yeah. simple plan that everyone's going to go by, but then it just shit goes wrong. You yeah. know what I mean? But then there's reveals of like whose relationships and what, like why you decided to do this. Yeah. There's hidden relationships. And I loved it. And it's like an early movie before Josh Brolin blew up. Oh. Oh, the, yes, from 99. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, I, it's another one I would highly suggest. I'd like to watch it again myself mm-hmm. because I haven't... For all I know, I'm really just pitching a movie that's terrible. That's but awful. I, from what I remember, I really enjoyed it. I've done that. I had, um, when I had Sean Mackey on Pre Pop Culture, yeah. I had him on to, uh, I was like, watch these two movies by Dylan Kidd uh, Roger Dodger, which is an amazing movie yes. that I love. And this other movie that he did, P.S., that um, like I really enjoyed, and Laura Linney and Topher Grace are in it, and it's great. And then I, after I had John watch them, I rewatched P.S., and I was like, this movie is really bad. And I told him I liked it. <laughs> I felt bad. So you could, we could have the same thing happen with best laid plans. You never know. Yeah, it's true. I, I don't think it will be with Shallow Grave. No, I'm sure it won't. Shallow Grave is great. I have no. There's a whole like sequence where they're trying to like, like the top of the movie is them trying to find a new uh, um, flatmate. Mm-hmm. And it's just comical because they're mm-hmm. just like, the three of them just fuck with the people. Oh, fine. Just to, like, weed them out. Mm-hmm. And it's really... And it just has that great editing that Danny Boyle uses mm-hmm. and everything. So it's... I highly suggest that one. Yeah, I have no reason to think that I would dislike a Danny Boyle. Because I don't... Again, I really hate horror movies. I really hate to be scared. And I really actually... When I finally was able to sit down and get through... <laughs> 28 days later, I was like, great. But... Prior to, like, the first time I tried to watch it, it was too scary. I got to the point where the zombies, he's in the house, yes. and the zombies break in, and I was like, done, turn it off, can't do it. Wow. And then, like, years later, I was like, I should try that again, because just everyone it's, tells me how great it is. It's such a good movie. And once I was it, able to, like, white-knuckle past that part. For sure. That I was fine. But there's just, there's bigger themes than just zombies. I mean, that's when he, like, kind of plays around, and it's the writer. What's his name that wrote The Beach as well? Uh, Alex Garland. Yes, mm-hmm. Alex Garland, he like follows that theme of sanctuary or safety. Yeah, ends and then up it's being the worst. worse than yeah. you expected. Like when mm-hmm. the guards are like, We're well we're gonna have to repopulate the world. Oh god. You literally are just your mind just like I couldn't <sighs> I couldn't take it. And I that was for the longest time that was the only thing that I associated Christopher Eccleston with. Uh-huh. So when I first started watching Doctor Who, I was like, Ah, it's the scary guy from twenty eight days later. Uh, no, <laughs> that's true. I, I just realized that. Um, yeah. But he's such a great actor. I, it was like by the end of the first episode of Doctor Who, I was like, oh, okay, this guy's great. But yeah, it's definitely... So if Danny Boyle can make me like a, zo- a scary zombie movie, then I th- yeah. I'm sure I'll like Shallow Grave. I was really... Yeah, I highly enjoyed it. Um, I would definitely... I would suggest it. Yay! Because I recommend... It's do you a, have a system in place for the podcast of like a rating system? I was going to try to do like I'll watch it again I'll, or like... Liked it, watch it again. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what my system is. <laughs> I don't. Really, I don't have my own system. We should come up with one for you. My system. My system is I just get real angry. <laughs> you get real. I angry. get real angry. Or I, or I think it should get a have, or a have fun. A have or a have fun. Yeah. Have sounds, fun is like your personal. Sounds so weird life. though. I, mean, I know. I don't have fun. You would have to know it you personally so weird, to understand though. it. Um, would you watch this again? I don't think I would. No. It's just. Because it, to me, maybe after a long period of time, I would. Mm. I wouldn't want to watch it immediately anytime soon. No, but I... It's, I like the intensity. Yeah. I just, like, I don't need to sit through that again. 
Because mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know. It's it's a it's a movie where you're watching it and like your stomach tenses up as yeah. it's going. I don't I, I I genuinely like the movie, but I don't think I'll watch it again. I like I said, I've seen it probably at least four or five times. Um there's a lot I will say there's stuff in it if you watch it again that you're like, Oh Oh, I bet. For sure. But I it's one of those things too where every time I've watched it, I it's been it has to have been like many months before I've gone back to it again because it's so intense um, that I don't want to like subject myself to that amount of because even when I know what's going to happen I know the whole thing I mm-hmm. still feel really tense about everything <laughs> like every oh. moment where something's about to like that bullet casing on the floor and they're both looking at it oh. I just I can't that scene is almost too much for me it's a great scene it is because I'm just like even though their eyes I'm like stop moving your eyes I know I'm like just look Vic's at Vic just look it. at Vic yeah. he's feeding you yeah. don't give it away yeah. but again these oh. aren't necessarily the smartest characters at all and I also always think like it's not fair necessarily to think that about them because they are all in a situation that is so beyond comprehending I can't actually imagine what it would be like to be in that I would act like I feel like I just I do generally feel like I'd just be a big fucking wreck yeah, I act like oh, I I I do the smart thing, and yeah. it's like no, I won't be able to think straight. Yeah, whatsoever. I think you you can't like you're in a situation that is beyond. There's no more humanity in it. Like they've just yeah. all pushed themselves beyond. Like she's she's being treated like an object, mm-hmm. and not in a like sexual object kind of way. I don't. I mean, I think we. No, but we, I think we made pretty clear that there's no rape in it. There is. But, a- I, but she's being treated like a like a thing. Yeah. And they're like the fact that they have to treat her like that, I think, makes you have to set your own humanity aside a little bit to be able to do that to another person. For sure. And I think while Vic sort of in the beginning is like, I am going, like, he's made that deal with himself. I'm going to do this so that I can get this. I think Danny is just okay with it because he's a horrible person. So they're all like just in this oh, yeah. this black hole <laughs> of this black hole that sucks away all humanity and yeah. have to deal with it. Yeah, like what does it take for you to get to that point? Like I can't even comprehend being that kind of character of being like, okay, this is my last thing. I gotta go kidnap somebody. Yeah, and I try to think about if I were her, like the types of deal that you would show. Like I think it's really smart that she tells them that she has a daughter and they're. Of course, they know they she know. doesn't. But I'm like, yeah, that would probably be the first thing that I would do if I were in that situation. I would try to appeal to, like, their, their emotions. Humanity. Like, I would say, yeah, like, I have a young child that needs yeah. me. Like, I mean, doesn't have a dad, is diabetic and needs their insulin. <laughs> like, yeah, anything, that's, I would throw out something diabetic. I feel like diabetic is like, I'm diabetic. Yeah. I need insulin. Yeah, exactly. And they give you insulin and you but, die. Yeah. <laughs> and you see and how well that works in Panic Room anyway. It doesn't work out so well. I haven't seen that movie. Oh my god, you haven't seen Panic Room? Mm-hmm. Oh. Never you seen should it. you should watch Panic Room. It's really good. It's to to my mind it's maybe David Fincher's Well, is it his best movie? I really like it. I haven't seen it. I'll have to watch it. And it's a movie that Kristen Stewart is actually good in. But it's when she was so young that she looked like a Culkin boy. <laughs> I actually thought it was a Culkin boy when I saw the trailer for the movie. Oh, I had to actually sit in the movie before I realized that it was a girl. And then wow. at the end, I realized, oh, it's not a... She looks a lot like them. Jeez. Yeah, but it's really good. Jodie Foster's phenomenal in it. <laughs> Jodie Foster's a good actress. Should we end on that? That Jodie Foster's a good actress? Jodie Foster, you're a good actress. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We know that you're going to listen to this podcast. We want you to know that we both... We want you to know that. We want you to know that. Yep. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you for sharing the disappearance of Alice 
Creed. Thank you for watching it. It was great. I highly enjoyed it. Oh, wait, hold on. So before you sign off, thank you for having me as your first guest. Ah, you're welcome. Of course, you're going to be my first. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) I think this might be my sign off. Okay. You can tell me what what you think. (laughs) All right. And then they can all judge me out there in the world of the world of podcasts. I'm thinking I'm going to say, remember, if you haven't seen it once, you can't complain. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's settled. That's my uh, sign off. Remember, if you haven't seen it once, you can't complain. Thank you for listening to the first episode of I Will Watch Anything Once. If you want to hear more uh, from Jen Kruger, check out her um, podcast on iTunes, Pre-Pop Culture. Um, I'm a big fan of that. She does various subjects, has great guests. She is ahead of the curve. (laughs) She's going to hate that. If you enjoyed I Will Watch Anything Once, please subscribe um, on iTunes as well as comment review you can also keep up to date um, with me on the tumblr um, at i will watch anything once.tumblr.com as well as follow um, this podcast on twitter at iwwao also um, in the future going forward i would love to have um, listeners send in movies they think i should watch i'll try my hardest to actually watch those movies and comment and um, about my experience in, in viewing those films you can send those requests through the tumblr or email me at i will watch anything once at gmail.com so i'd love to watch those movies that you think that i should see i'd like to thank james Holland for designing my the look uh, of this podcast, the poster um, and the logo. Great job, James. I'd like to thank Tim Sharp for creating the music that accompanies this podcast. So thank you again for listening. And remember, if you haven't seen it once, you can't complain. Glasses, by the way. These are. This is the pair that stays on the coffee table for when I watch TV and movies. So it's not the pair that you goes just with keep me. them on here. Yeah, I keep this pair oh, on the wow. table for watching stuff. And then there's a pair that is in like my purse that you're used to seeing me. In. Oh, so they're, they're different. So, so the ones in your purse, though, if we go see a movie in the movie theater, those you'll wear those. Yeah, those are the like outside of the house glasses, and these are like if I'm in the house. What. Oh, that's a whole other thing I want to let go of I love details. So they're, it's like... It's the same prescription and everything. It's just something that when I are was... Are they lighter? Like, what's... No, when I was in college, um, I had, like, my parents... I was on my parents' health insurance, and they had all these, like... We uh-huh. had the flex spending thing in okay. the health insurance. So at the very end of the year, whatever money was left in that, uh, my mom would be like, you want to get new glasses? And so I would just get, because it would cover the frames too, so I would get new frames. So I always had like multiple pairs of glasses sitting around and I got in the habit of just, for convenience, leaving a pair of glasses on the coffee table Mm -hmm. so that whenever I sat down to like watch something or play a video game or whatever, there's glasses right there because I'm nearsighted. So that's just a habit that I have now. Yeah. Sounds convenient. It is. It's very convenient. And then you never have to be like, where are my glasses? Yeah.